from the Mercy One Studio. Welcome to Straight Talk, a lively discussion on tough issues impacting our lives. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your host, Gene Wells, brought to you by Blackbird Investments. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. It's your weekly dose of news from the diocese and around the world and commentary on issues that give us grief, give us angst, make us worried. Isn't there enough of that these days? Well, this is Straight Talk. You've got questions. We've got some answers for you. I'm Jean Wells, and I am so blessed to be broadcasting from the Mercy One studio here at Iowa Catholic Radio, and very grateful to Blackbird Investments for sponsoring Straight Talk. Now, they do what is challenging because it is the right thing to do. That's Blackbird Investments. When it comes to building real estate, they do look for creative solutions, and they form strategic alliances. They create energy-efficient buildings, and they engage local craftsmen. At its core, Blackbird believes in giving buildings a new life. For more information, they are online at blackbirdinvest.com. On today's show, we're going to talk about, well, it's an interesting topic, I think. We're experiencing a new normal, yet some things remain unchanged. Palm Sunday and Holy Week and Holy Thursday, the institution of the Eucharist, Good Friday and the crucifixion of our Lord, And his resurrection on Sunday, those remain unchanged. Our way of participating in this most holy of weeks will change. But the events, which have so profoundly impacted the world, will not. Today, we will be discussing the passion and death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, my guest was scheduled long before the quarantines were in place, and it was because I wanted to discuss the rituals which we so willingly accept without a second thought to the true events that so brutally punished our Lord. With COVID-19, we will be participating in Holy Week in a whole new way. And how appropriate now to embrace our Lord's suffering in a whole new way. My guest uh, is going to be Dr. Tim Malay. He is an orthopedic spine surgeon affili- affiliated with Aura Orthopedics in the Quad Cities and is the state director for the Catholic Medical Association of Iowa. Uh, Dr. Malay is a frequent author and speaker on a lot of different topics, and today we're going to delve into his research and understanding of the medical and historical reviews of the Passion and Crucifixion. Now, the gory details of Christ's suffering are things we might want to just skim over. Um, As we head into Holy Week, though, consider these items compared to the last time you experienced a related injury. For instance, splinters. Splinters are very painful. But imagine the splinters from the cross. I mean, it's not like it was nicely sanded you know, and, and ready to go. It was a rough piece of wood and you're carrying up a rough piece of ground. Or a pinched nerve. Oh, we've all had that pinched nerve in our back. Well, maybe we all haven't, but trust me, it's painful. But think of the nerves in Jesus' wrist rubbing against the metal of the nails. I mean, does that just give you shivers down your spine? Or a muscle cramp. 
You know, you get a charley horse. Oh, man, you try to walk it off. Yet Jesus had muscle spasms on the cross. He couldn't get down and walk them off. He had to endure that pain. Or I've personally passed out numerous times when giving blood. And it was a pint of blood. Now, Jesus gave virtually all his blood. And yet he didn't pass out. We have a lot to contemplate before Holy Week. Now, normally, this next section is the events that are coming up. Uh, Jimmy, do we have crickets to play? <laughs> oh, you can uh, register for the Iowa Catholic Radio golf outing in June. You know, by the grace of God, we'll be able to play golf at the Blank Golf Course. It is on June 12th, so get your foursome lined up. That's something you can do uh, to keep ready. Um, get ready to enjoy the, the beautiful spring that we will no doubt be blessed with. So that is an event coming up. Um, in news, Pope Francis last Friday. Oh, folks, did you watch that? So powerful as he walked across the plaza in front of, of St. Peter's by himself. You know, you saw his sciatica was just giving him grief. I assume he was in a lot of pain. It was raining, but the solitude of our Holy Father walking across that plaza to pray for us, for the entire world. I mean, the tears literally streamed down my face. And, you know, he's praying for the eradication of the coronavirus. He's praying for all of us. He, and, and the image of him praying before the Blessed Sacrament Oh, and then when he he brought this blessed sacrament forward again out the doors of St. Peter and blessed the entire world with you saw, you know, a splattering of people in the, you know, far away, but really by himself blessing the entire world. So powerful. So, so powerful. Well, in other news, uh, yesterday, Pope Francis, or Pope Francis, excuse me, President Trump has recommended extending the physical distancing uh, from April 14th through April 30th. Uh, Governor Reynolds, in her press conference, said that they would make that decision by the end of this week to see if there are additional restrictions for Iowa. Let's pray for our leaders. They are doing what they believe is best. They are bringing in experts to give them advice and counsel on what they are doing. Please pray for them. And please resist ripping them to shreds on social media. I mean, are are they doing everything the way we would do them? No. Do we know what we would do if we had the experts giving us advice? No. But to randomly make negative comments about any of our leaders, I think, is counterproductive to what we need to do. You know, as our moms used to say, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Um, Yeah. Now, Iowa is testing more individuals each day. And with this data, of course, the number of positive cases of the coronavirus uh, will increase, as well as the number of negative cases. New equipment will be available in Iowa, where 15 mobile units can test individuals with results within five minutes. Isn't that amazing? When, when we put our minds and our technology together, amazing things will happen. So much going on in the news. 
When we come back, we'll be visiting with Dr. Tim Millay. He is an orthopedic spine surgeon from Aura Orthopedics in the Quad Cities and the state director of the Catholic Medical Association for Iowa. And we'll be discussing the medical and historical reviews of the passion and crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's time for Straight Talk right now on Iowa Catholic Radio. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Their number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. Impoverished children break everyone's heart, but poverty seems like such a big problem. What can one person do to make a difference? For 17 years, Blessman International's passion has been to connect the resources of our donors with sustainable programs that impact the lives of impoverished children in South Africa. Our donors are feeding thousands of hungry children every week, providing basic water and sanitation for impoverished communities, and sharing the love of God in practical ways every day. Go to www.blessmaninternational.org and make your donation today. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq des Moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Are you suffering emotionally or spiritually after an abortion? At Intervisions Healthcare, we believe you deserve healing, forgiveness, and support. We've found that there are no quick fixes, but meeting with others who share the same pain can be a good start. To learn more about this healing ministry, call Intervisions at 515-440-2273, 515-440-2273, and ask for a nurse. Intervisions Healthcare, it's a safe and confidential place to begin the healing you deserve. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Well, welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and as always, I encourage you to text me. Our uh, text line is open at 
50. I'm looking at the screen right now. I would love to get a text from you as we talk about the very important topic of the the medical and historical perspective of the passion and death of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are coming up on Holy Week beginning this Sunday, and I thought it was so appropriate to take in this new perspective of the crucifixion and death of our Lord. My guest today is Dr. Tim Millay. He is an orthopedic spine surgeon affiliated with Aura, O-R-A, Aura Orthopedics in the Quad Cities, and is state director for the Catholic Medical Association of Iowa. And Tim, in, in my preview to the show today, I talked about how, you know, with the coronavirus, I mean, we cannot just listen to the readings Read the Passion and go, yep, he walked the Via de la Rosa. Yep, he was nailed to the cross. Yes, he died. Yes, he rose again. Holy Week is done. Yay, let's go on. I mean, this is a week that we can really embrace that suffering and death that the Lord did for us. I Thank you so much for joining us. Well, you're welcome. Good morning, Jean. I, I was listening to your intro and uh, you really were spot on. Um, it takes a significant, it takes tremendous imagination to really appreciate what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you just said, this could turn into like every every year we go through this sequence during Lent and Holy Week and Easter. But after after a while, is it going to become like just driving to work? You know, right. we've all had that experience. You drive mm-hmm. to work every day, and you get to work, and you realize. I don't remember anything about that drive. There was, ab- there was absolutely yes. no no insight to it. And the uh, when you use the uh, comparison, you got a splinter, you got a pinched nerve, that mm-hmm. type of thing. There's a there's a word that I often hear from patients that just say my pain is excruciating. And the Latin excruciatus means out of the cross. So um, if I say that, okay, I stubbed my toe and the pain's excruciating, <laughs> I don't think really? it's blasphemous or, yeah. or heresy, but let's, let's put this in perspective mm-hmm. here. So it well, is a... Had, yeah, years ago, I had a ruptured disc. And mm-hmm. as I'm laying, you know, in pre-op, ready to go into surgery, I was laying evidently on the nerve and they gave me so much pain medicine. And when I actually was able to shift off of that, I virtually passed out. Um, I mean, really, the pain knocked me out. The pain meds knocked me out. And I would have said that was excruciating. And that was one little bit on one little part of my body. Right. Yeah. Right. This wasn't my entire this, body having this experience. Yeah, this is on, you know, what, what Christ went through for that uh, 18-hour period uh, was uh, to say it's unimaginable. Well, that's an honest statement mm-hmm. because it's a, it's a one-off. All we know, there's only one historical record mm-hmm. of this type of an experience, and um, I, you really cannot imagine. You, now, you can use your imagination. This is what I recommend to audiences when I'm, when I'm doing this talk. I say, okay, you are a first-century Jew in Jerusalem. Okay. You, you know the law. You know the prophets. You know the Old Testament inside and out. And if you put it into that perspective and you tie in the comments in the, throughout the Old Testament, particularly in the major uh, prophets, to what's happening during that period of time, during the Passion and the Crucifixion, it, it, 
that was really the first revelation before John was on Patmos. That would have been the first revelation. These are these are Jews saying, "Wait a minute! What he just said is what Ezekiel said. Mm-hmm. What just happened is what Isaiah said." So, if you so those that believed that context, believed, correct. and those that weren't as well informed or were filled with pride and all of those other deadly sins blew it off. Exactly. Exactly. The Sanhedrin, the Romans, all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Tim, let's take a step back. So we have 18 hours of this um, this passion of Christ. And, you know, if you were to say to me, Gene, what are those, what are the, how did Christ suffer during that time? I would have rattled off all the things that we would rattle off. But as I've read some of your material, you brought up some things that that really surprised me that it's right there. It's just you don't put it into context. Like how many miles Jesus walked in those 18 hours? In that period of time, mm-hmm. you know, the before he st- takes his first step on the Via Dolorosa, best estimates is that he's walked at least two and a half miles between the Garden of Gethsemane mm-hmm. and uh, before starting to carry the cross. Mm-hmm. And then now walking two and a half miles for a healthy man in, his, er- yeah. in his early 30s, okay, but let, let's put this in context. Um, recognizing the fully divine, fully human, um, the human side of this, put yourself in, in Jesus' sandals here. You've got emotional stress. We clearly see that mm-hmm. in the garden. Mm-hmm. The spiritual torment, we clearly see that in the garden. We see that on the cross. Um, the abandonment, he has, who, who's hanging around? Well, Peter's betrayed him. Judas, mm-hmm. the ultimate betrayal, right. John hangs around, and Mary and Mary Magdalene are all we're really aware of. We don't know if the other disciples to become apostles are way back in the crowd. We don't know that, but nobody's hanging around with him. Mm-hmm. He had, There's no indication that he has any sleep, probably from the time he got up Thursday morning and, uh, until he uh, dies on the cross, mm-hmm. and multiple clearly well outlined in, in, in the four Gospels, multiple er, uh, physical abuse. Mm. He's, he is tortured, he is scourged, he's beaten. Um, so then you take someone, a healthy man, who's gone through all of that, and then he's walking two and a half miles before carrying the cross 600 yards or so. Mm-hmm. Um, that puts it into a different context. We're going to wear you down. And then we're going to make you do the worst part of it at the end of it. So that kind of puts it into a, a more, I think, a better, better clarity. You know, that what just struck me, Tim, is that because we are all on these, you know, social um, distancing things, many of us feel isolated in our homes, especially those like my mom who is in a nursing facility um, or or older folks that are just, you know, it's like their kids are like, no, you can't go out anymore. <laughs> um, you know, and how much that wears on us. Again, it's kind of like the splinter. Let's put that into perspective. You know, we're being isolated for our own good. Jesus was being isolated and abandoned, abandoned yeah, by his friends. Without a doubt. This yeah. is, I mean, what, what we're going through now, now granted, we all have the crosses. We all right. have the crosses to carry it. And metaphorically, that's an accurate statement. Mm-hmm. Comparatively, okay, 
you know, compare it to what we're talking about with the Passion and the Crucifixion, that's the, the ultimate carrying of a cross, mm-hmm. literally and, and metaphysically. Yes. But the abandonment part that Christ sees here, you know, that, that I just mentioned, when he's, particularly when he's in the garden and all, and then everybody runs away, and from there on mm-hmm. out he's pretty much flying solo. Right. Um, that type of abandonment is, is a magnitude different than those of those that are unable to, you know, have any kind of social interaction right now. We see an end to this. Mm-hmm. You know, well, his end was death. Cer- certainly much more critical mm-hmm. than the end uh, that we're looking forward mm-hmm. to with, with this uh, social distancing and self isolation and all. But it really, it there are there's so much humanity to this story that. I think we can relate to better than we have and uh, uh, better than we, we traditionally have. So let's go back to that garden, because there is always that part that made it, it's kind of incredulous. He sweat blood. It's like, really? Does that really happen? How can that be? You know, it's like, oh, well, he's God. Anything can happen. But, you know, it's like he sweat blood. And it's a thing. It, it is a thing. I, and I remember, you know, as a, uh, growing up, uh, probably until, oh, I think maybe before I went to medical school in the 80s, but uh, it, this is a, it is a diagnostic um, finding. It's, uh, the, the, the name for the diagnostic aim is hematohydrosis. Hydrosis means sweating. Hema means blood. And so someone could do that act, today. And someone, and this is one of the, one of the uh, benefits, uh, no matter how down you may be on cell phone technology and Instagram and all, um, this is one of the benefits of having cell phones and photos with selfies. Up until about the late 90s, early 2000s, there, there still was some debate about, is this a thing? Well, since about 2004, there's been a growing number of confirm cases because people would develop this and they literally are bleeding through the skin it can be it's typically mm-hmm. where the skin is the thinnest on the back of the hands or on the face areas like that and it is blood that's coming out through the hair follicles sweat glands etc and it's associated with periods of high stress anxiety uh, mm-hmm. emotional upheaval and when this happens with people they take a picture of themselves, of course, and or or a video, mm-hmm. and you know, and there have been a handful of cases where, d- while the episode's taken place, a biopsy, a skin biopsy, has been done, and it is indeed it is a thing, mm-hmm. and that what it has in correlation, there's really no particular risk factors to it. It's not a bleeding disorder or anything. The common factor is extreme emotional stress anxiety uh and therefore would that fit oh sure that would fit very clearly mm-hmm. with what christ went through mm-hmm. well you know as we we think of that um that time in the garden and then you know judas betraying him and how heartbreaking it is when you have a friend that that will betray you but you know he wasn't always that bad guy judas wasn't you know we read in scripture where you know he, he was it's almost as if he you know, the devil came into him, Satan came into him to, to be that betrayer. Um, but there there needed to be a Judas. There did. There did. I and mean, that's, that's what's sad, is there needed to be that human betrayal. 
Right. I'm, I'm certainly not proposing Judas as a poster child for anybody, but there, I think if you, if you look at, and I keep coming back to this, the humanness. Look at the individual in this case. Judas was, you know, he was not, I would not call him a four-star citizen by the descriptions of him prior to the betrayal. Um, but if you put yourself in Judas, he may just have had, he may, uh, my sense of Judas is this. He thought that if they didn't stop Jesus from doing what he was doing, they were all going to die. So he goes to the Sanhedrin, and he says, you know, I can help you, um, you know, get rid of your problem, uh, which, granted, that's not a positive on, on you know, Judas's uh, checklist, but I would, I would propose that perhaps Judas was thinking, hey, if I can get them to just give him a stern talking to, uh, maybe kick him out of the city. We all go out of the city. We go out in the country where it's safe. We don't have the Jewish, we don't have the Sanhedrin to worry about. We don't have the Romans to worry about. And I think if he was completely, I mean, if this was take it to that extreme, to that demon possession type of thing, I don't think he would have been remorseful. Why did he hang himself? Why did he suicide? Mm -hmm. Because it went in a horrible direction, a direction he never would have expected. He didn't think it would be that bad. And if you go through the Gospels, there really is not an indication. You know, Christ did not say that he would be, you know, he was necessarily damned forever. In Matthew and Mark, his comments basically are, it would have been better if he were never born. So, and you have to assume uh, if, if, if Christ of the Holy Trinity is, you know, love personified, he's not going to condemn Judas. Mm-hmm. So what happens after Judas dies, we won't know till we, till right. we get there, till we can see, get the backstory. But I, I, I'll give Judas a benefit of the doubt because I really don't think, remorse is not something that a villain feels. Right. You know, the villain is there is going to do something bad because that's what they want to do. That's what they're programmed to do. And I don't think he had a sudden reawakening after this. I think he realized I started a bad thing and it has totally exceeded what I thought would mm-hmm. happen. Well, let's look at what happened then. You know, we we see these trials, um the Sanhedrin, uh before Pontius Pilate, before Herod, you know, Pilate and Herod were like, oh, I don't find anything wrong with them, you know. But what was unusual about these trials? I mean, other than the it pride was, was so rampant. Oh, without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt. The, uh, the I, I, would, I would totally agree with you. I think Herod's um, role in this uh, was minimal comparatively. I think he was looking for more entertainment than he was looking at the legal ramifications mm-hmm. of this. And he was disappointed. So Pilate was just wanting to do his job. He wanted to maintain his position in the organizational chart of the Roman, of the Roman Empire. And he knew that if he, if he let a riot take place, well, he's, up, he's over and done with. The Sanhedrin, um, the variety of issues in the, with the Sanhedrin, um, and if you look at the elements of Jewish law practiced at that time, there were so many points that were violated that would 
would have been considered illegal if you look at the letter of the Jewish law at that time. Hmm. First off, first time Christ appears before the Sanhedrin, Sanhedrin is at nighttime. There were no trials allowed at night. Um, he was pronounced guilty right away. There, there, uh, the legal procedures then, there was no pronouncement, guilt or innocence, until the day after the trial. Jewish law requires at least two witnesses. That's outlined all the way back to Deuteronomy. Right. That was, that was not carried out. His charges were changed very conveniently. Blasphemy is the charge they brought him to Pilate, brought him with the charges of blasphemy to Pilate. The Romans don't care about blasphemy. Right. Blasphemy is a religious charge. Mm-hmm. They immediately changed the charges to treason. He says Caesar's not the king. He said we shouldn't give money to Caesar. He is, he is a traitor. And, he, and Christ was not allowed a defense, which is another violation. So we've got the Sanhedrin that are kind of winging it as they go. And um, there's a great passage in the second chapter of the Book of Wisdom that if you read that passage, and you, it, it, it's as if it was a, a to-do list for the Sanhedrin with Jesus in front of them. He, he's annoying. We don't like him. He's calling us out. He says he's the son of God. It is almost word for word what you could imagine the Sanhedrin is, is thinking among themselves about this trial. And you know, Tim, it, 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 there's such, my guest is Tim Millay. He's an orthopedic spine surgeon, uh, but he's also the state director for the Catholic Medical Association of Iowa, and he's done a lot of research around this medical and historical perspective of the passion and death of Christ. And, and, you know, we're talking about these trials. There is such hatred within the Sanhedrin. And, you know, I can't help but, but liken it to, uh, the hatred we see in our own times, in our, within our own political system, um, where human weakness and pride gets in the way of sound judgment. We haven't learned there much. Are some, no, there are some scary parallels. There yeah. really are. It, it is, uh, I mean, what are the consistencies? Well, the consistencies over the, over the millennia are the frailties and the, the variability in human nature. You know, there's always going to be good, there's always going to be mm-hmm. bad, there's always going to be a battle between the two, and um, the biggest shortcoming is not learning from, you know, from past experience. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, we haven't gotten to this point, you know, where our political opponents that are threatening our power um, are, uh, have to go through what Christ went through, right. but it is, uh, uh, it is a very... Uh, troubling uh, comparison. Yeah. Hey, we need to take a break, folks. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, oh, that image that gives us all so much angst from the movie The Passion of the Christ, the scourging at the pillar. We're going to talk about that with our guest, Dr. Tim Millay, right after this break. You're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the best gift ever? Well, some might say a Catholic education, and I agree. But if you think you can't afford Catholic education, think again. Apply for CTO and you could receive up to half your tuition for kindergarten through 12th grade. More information is online, ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. 
Doing what is challenging because it's right. That's Blackbird Investments. In 2013, Blackbird Investments was born from the inspiration of St. Kevin. When it comes to building real estate, they look for creative solutions by forming strategic alliances, creating energy-efficient buildings, and engaging with local craftsmen. At its core, Blackbird Investments believes in giving buildings a new life. BlackbirdInvest.com Blackbird Investments, doing what is challenging because it's right. Thank you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts of the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics, Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you online at mercydesmoines.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio's broadcast of Dowling Catholic Sports and Activities is provided by Kemen, a global ingredient manufacturer using science to transform the quality of life for 80% of the world. Kemen is on the leading edge of molecular science, manufacturing more than 500 specialty ingredients for the human and animal health and nutrition, pet food, aquaculture, nutraceutical, food technologies, crop technologies, and textile industries. Kemen strives to sustainably transform the quality of life every day for 80% of the world with their products and services. Kemen, using science to transform the world. Online at Kemen.com. Since 1924, St. Vincent de Paul has been helping those less fortunate work towards self-sufficiency. Last year, St. Vincent de Paul helped over 20,000 individuals with food, clothing, and shelter, while also offering classes in financial literacy, high school completion, career readiness, and prisoner re-entry. SVDPDSM.org, 515-282-8327. Shop, donate, volunteer, serve. This message was brought to you by Homemakers Furniture. Father Kirby, pastor of St. Elizabeth Parish in Carlisle, will lead a 10-day pilgrimage to the Holy Land, August 3rd through the 12th. Walk where Jesus walked in Nazareth, Mount Tabor, the Jordan River, the Dead Sea, Jericho, Bethany, Bethlehem, and the Old City of Jerusalem. Learn more at crownofbethlehem.com. Crownofbethlehem.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Corel Contractor, serving Des Moines site work constructed needs for over 60 years, and the Iowa ENT Center, expert ear, nose, and throat care for adults and children. The Iowa Catholic Radio Best Shot Golf Outing presented by Permar Security is Friday, June 12th at A.H. Blank Golf Course, 8 a.m. Shotgun Start. No matter your expertise, be part of the Iowa Catholic Radio Golf Outing presented by Permar Security. Foursomes and individuals are welcome. Join us Friday, June 12th at A.H. Blank Golf Course for the Iowa Catholic Radio Best Shot Golf Outing presented by Permar Security. Registration and information at iowacatholicradio.com. The Iowa Catholic Radio Best Shot Golf Outing presented by Permar Security. iowacatholicradio.com. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Should be a nice afternoon. Pretty mild. We'll be in the low 60s with sunshine. A few clouds passing through tonight and our low near 40. Upper 60s and breezy tomorrow with sunny skies. The weather is brought to you by Rock Valley Physical Therapy. Outstanding outpatient physical therapy and sports medicine rehabilitation with seven convenient locations in the Des Moines metro and southwest Iowa area. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and today we are talking about um, the medical and the historical perspective of the 
of the crucifixion and death of our Lord. And my guest is Dr. Tim Millay. Uh, he is an orthopedic surgeon, spine surgeon from um, Aura Orthopedics in the Quad Cities, and he's the state director for the Catholic Medical Association of Iowa. And Tim, I, I'm so delighted that you can join me. And I, I, I really think that this could be the best Lent ever because because you know it's we have to do it differently we have to pray it differently than we've ever done it before which means we have to be more intentional i hope folks will not just skip over lent because they can't go to their physical church but they take this week and contemplate you know the suffering and death and resurrection of our lord in a new and different way yeah, don't don't you just hope and pray that we come out of not just get through Easter, but we get through this whole COVID nineteen pandemic issue, and it's it's going to be a long slog. But don't you hope that we come out with you know just this understand this appreciation of mm-hmm. community, of connection, of conversion, uh, you know, and conversion, yes. and knowing you know just understanding it. it you don't know what you got till it's gone, right. and I, I think if if once you get, I'm looking forward to that first time walking into into mass, and you know being home again. Uh, yes. we're, we're kind of uh, we're we're doing our our uh, our tour in the desert between Egypt and mm-hmm. and the Promised Land right now, and we're going to wander for a while. I was and, just uh, contemplating that this morning. Yeah, and I think once we get there. It's. I, I just pray that it's. It's going to be uh, mm-hmm. uh, really a reawakening. We saw that after World War II, after World War One, after the Civil War. This is a war as well, and just a religious rejuvenation mm-hmm. should come from this. Well, speaking of uh, attributes of war, let's talk about that scourging at the pillar and the difference between the Roman and Jewish scourging, which I didn't know until I read your material. Now. Scripture, I always read, you know, refers to the 40 minus one lashings. So when I watch The Passion of the Christ, you know, like the fifth time, because I watch it every Lent, maybe it's 10th, I counted the number of lashings between looking between my fingers because it is so horrific, such a horrific scene. And I counted way more than 40 or way more than 39. So, you know, what what was the what's the difference? Without a doubt, there is a, a dramatic difference. And mm-hmm. uh, just as a comment on Gibson's movie, on the way that's portrayed, um, if you are a believer in the Shroud of Turin and you look at the markings on that, and if it is, if you accept that as you know the burial uh, cloth mm-hmm. for Christ, um, the w- the way it's portrayed in that movie is probably about as accurate as it gets. Mm. Um, the difference is this. Yes, Jewish law and Jewish punishment included scourging, and it was the 40 minus 1 mm-hmm. um, rule. There were 39 lashes in Jewish scourging. It was 13 to each shoulder and 13 to the chest, and you're done. Mm-hmm. 40, 40 was considered a rather holy number, so they would stop at 39. The Romans they didn't care about the math. They didn't have a regulation. The the lictors, the which were the Roman soldiers that would carry out the scourging, um, and their supervisor um, had a 
diabolical name, the exact, the exactor mortis, mm. you know, the ex- executive of death. Um, they, the scourgings are basically at their discretion. Um, all they, their, their primary responsibility was to do it to near collapse, sometimes near death. But if there's a crucifixion or some other execution to follow, well, you don't want to, you know, the, your, your commander's not going to be happy if the uh, uh, criminal dies uh, before he's supposed to be executed. So they could go as long and as hard as they wanted to. And again, if you look back at the shroud, the 39 lashes from a Jewish scourging, depending on how you count the marks on the body on the shroud of Turin, a conservative estimate is 150 to 200. But if you look at the individual impacts um, there were metal balls atti- tied to the to the flagrum, the instrument used for the scourging, it, somewhere maybe in the neighborhood of 350 to 400 or so individual marks on and the body. And a human, a truly human person, would have most likely expired. They most likely would have died. But Jesus it, it couldn't is, die yet. He needed to die on the cross. I, there you are. I think this 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 mixture, uh, completely separate but mixture of fully human, fully divine. Um, you can talk all you want about the physical side of this, but the the willfulness, the determination, the perseverance. How can you keep pushing through this? That to me is one of the greatest miracles uh, uh, prior mm-hmm. to Easter. I, I, it's, I can't imagine a healthy individual, uh, healthy as can be, surviving as long as Christ did. Mm-hmm. Well, and and so you have the scourging, and then you have the crown of thorns. I mean, really? You know, it's yeah. it's how long were those thorns? There is a, uh, best estimate, there is a, uh, a plant, um, it's commonly known as the Christ's thorn jujube plant, in the Middle East, in that part of the Eastern Mediterranean, and the thorns are about an inch long. And the uh, the crown itself, I mean, that clearly with the crown and the robe and the staff, the mocking mm-hmm. that Christ endured, the ridicule, thats this is a part of that. This was satire. Mm-hmm. This was sarcasm. And one thing that is not really evidenced by all of the artwork um, is it's not going to be a tidy little uh, donut-shaped ring of thorns around the head. Um, it it mo- almost assuredly was was a helmet of, uh, uh, and there, there's a, a couple of, of bases for that. One of them is historical. Um, uh, religious leaders at that point in time in history in that part of the of the world, they were identified uh, like the Jewish high priest. Their their headwear was a miter as you would see in a bishop today, hmm. it, was, it was more helmet-shaped. And the Jewish kings, their crowns were more helmet-shaped, not ring-shaped. And the second uh, relates to the Roman soldiers. The Romans, Roman army was the model of efficiency. We got a job to do. We need to do it quick. We need to get, accomplish our mission and be done. They were not interested in winding a tidy little ring to go around someone's head. This was not craft day with the Roman soldiers. No, no, not at all. And I think the parallels between the thorns and you go back to Isaac getting ready, or Abraham getting ready to offer Isaac, 
and uh, <clears throat> the, the uh, sacrifice in this place was the ram that was caught, caught in, the in the thicket in the yeah. thicket of thorns. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the Old Testament parallels are are very uh, apropos in this. Well, let's talk about the actual cross before we get to our next break. I mean, you you see images of Jesus carrying the traditional cross, like the crucifixes we have on our wall. Yet, yet um, you read that he probably just carried the crossbar. Is there any evidence of what he truly carried and, and how much it weighed and all of that kind of stuff? Right. There really is no, there's no convincing hard evidence okay. of what he carried. However, um, the practicality of it is an entire cross. And, and really, this is, again, where religious artwork um, has traditionally shown him carrying the T-shaped cross. Um, it, the, use, the wood that would have been used for this, an entire cross would have weighed more than 300 pounds. And um, if that if he did carry that, that's even more miraculous. Um, whereas the cross beam, or what's known as the patibulum, mm-hmm. weighed weighed in the order of about a hundred pounds or so. But which is still amazing. Pounds, yeah. exactly. Carrying that across his shoulder, and it's it's probable that it was carried on the back of his shoulders, and his arms were tied to the patibulum with ropes. And the impact of that, if you think about the three times that Christ fell on the way to, uh, to, the, uh, to the crucifixion, mm-hmm. um, he has no way to protect himself from falling forward. And again, if you go back to the shroud, you see the abrasions on the kneecap area, and he most likely has a broken nose. He's obviously got a swollen eye, mm-hmm. and he would have done a, a significant face plant and if the patibulum was on his back and the back of his head, it's it's just adding more force to yeah. the impact. So, uh, so most likely carried the patibulum only. And we need to take our final break for the show today. And when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna look at what were the causes or the cause of death for our Lord, and also this faith component for us individually. How does this crucifixion, this passion, move us forward in our own faith journey? You're listening to Straight Talk right now on Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. The Iowa Catholic Radio Best Shot Golf Outing presented by Permar Security is Friday, June 12th at A.H. Blank Golf Course, 8 a.m. Shotgun Start. No matter your expertise, be part of the Iowa Catholic Radio Golf Outing presented by Permar Security. Foursomes and individuals are welcome. Join us Friday, June 12th at A.H. Blank Golf Course for the Iowa Catholic Radio Best Shot Golf Outing presented by Permar Security. Registration and information at iowacatholicradio.com. The Iowa Catholic Radio Best Shot Golf Outing presented by Permar Security. iowacatholicradio.com. 
Programming support for Catholic Women Now is provided by Iowa's injury attorney, Fred Haas. For over 30 years, Fred Haas has helped injured Iowans recover financial, physical, and emotional losses from car, truck, and motorcycle accidents, work-related injuries, and injuries due to negligence. Most importantly, providing the professional, personal, and responsive legal counsel that everyone deserves. Fred, double D, Haas, double A, the Des Moines Law Offices of Fred Haas. While we have time, let us do good. Thank you to Confluence Brewing Company for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Confluence Brewing Company, brewed locally and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers available in their tap room and at local stores, bars, and restaurants. Confluence has a beer garden for you, your family, and friends to enjoy. Confluence Brewing Company is located at 1235 Thomas Beck Road off the bike trail south of Grays Lake and online at confluencebrewing.com. Confluence Brewing Company, where good things come together, ingredients, ideas, and friends. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio's broadcast of Dowling Catholic Sports and Activities is provided by Kemen, a global ingredient manufacturer using science to transform the quality of life for 80% of the world. Kemen is on the leading edge of molecular science, manufacturing more than 500 specialty ingredients for the human and animal health and nutrition, pet food, aquaculture, nutraceutical, food technologies, crop technologies, and textile industries. Kemen strives to sustainably transform the quality of life every day for 80% of the world with their products and services. Kemen, using science to transform the world. Online at Kemen.com. Thank you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts at the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics. Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you. Online at mercydesmoines.org. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Gene Wells, and my guests today are uh, Dr. Tim Millay. He is an orthopedic spine surgeon affiliated with Aura Orthopedics in the Quad Cities and is state director for the Catholic Medical Association of Iowa. Tim, I am truly, truly grateful that you um, have taken the time to join us today for this conversation. I really do think that people contemplated the suffering and death of our Lord and his resurrection, what an amazing Lent it will be. So how did Christ die? You know, as a kid growing up, it's like he was nailed to the cross, he died. You know, then you're like, oh, I heard that he suffocated. Okay. So what are, I mean, what are the options? What would have killed him? Oh, that that is, um, over the past, Three centuries, two and a half, three centuries. If you got, if you brought together all of the physicians and researchers and uh, historians and all in a room and asked that question, um, you're gonna you're gonna have a fist fight. I mean, it's, <laughs> oh, okay. It, 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 I mean, it really it is. Now, the good thing is that nobody can prove their theory. Nobody's theory can be proved wrong. Because, you know, we don't have forensic information. They did not do an autopsy. If you go back, there's some very beautiful uh, literature. Um, There's a British physician, uh, his name is Stroud. And in in the mid-1800s, he had this very sweet, uh, (laughs) I can call it sweet. He just, his theory was Christ died of a broken heart. 
And now, in our terms, when we think broken heart, we're thinking, you know, a high school sweetheart or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was literally talking, uh, when you hear about a, a thoroughbred racehorse, they run until their heart breaks, well, until their heart explodes, basically. Um, that was his theory at the time, which in a healthy young individual as Christ would have been, um, n- not easy. That's usually a damaged heart long before the, uh, this ever would happen. And over the past 100 years or so, I would highly recommend there's a, a book written in uh, the early 1950s uh, by Pierre Barbet, B-A-R-B-E-T, a doctor at Calvary. And it really was kind of the kickoff for a resurgence in the scientific and medical look at, at this episode. Um, the cause of death with this, I think the most commonly accepted is what's often known as exhaustion asphyxia. And asphyxia, we all know, is, is just not breathing. You're not right. getting enough oxygen. And you are literally too fatigued worn out to breathe i think that's i think it is a multiple choice question i think one thing we may be underestimating is the blood loss um the blood loss there is a classification for hemorrhage that's used today um classes one through four and class four hemorrhage is you lose more than 40 percent of your blood your total blood volume well if you lose that much in an 18-hour period, that's like taking a drive uh, cross-country, but you have a hole in your gas tank. You're not going to get mm-hmm. as far as you, sh- as you should. You combine that with the low oxygen content, I think it's a, a reflection. And one thing that I'm, that I'm, very, uh, I'm trying to explore is how much blood loss from all these wounds mm-hmm. from the scourging. Uh, you, you, uh, if, if what we see in Gibson's movie is uh, applicable, that's a tremendous amount of, of blood loss that goes with, with the, uh, the crucifixion as well. And the yeah, so all of the various, you know, the scourging, right, the right. nailing, the the piercing of the side, the crown of thorn. I mean, there is blood seeping from him all, right, for right. the entire eighteen hours. And I think one of the indications that we are we should look at other factors besides just no not enough oxygen. The comment in Mark's gospel where Pilate was amazed that he was already dead, and you know Pilate was not a rookie at crucifixions. Yeah. You know he he, mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't think anything of it. It was a problem. He just solved it with a crucifixion. We don't have any other evidence of anyone else that is scourged and physically traumatized before crucifixion than Christ. Mm-hmm. So why would Christ die sooner? You know, the two right. thieves, they were still alive. Why was he still dead, but he was a healthy, he was already dead, and he's a healthy man? There had to be another explanation for that. I would propose it was the severe blood loss associated mm-hmm. with it. Tim, we have just a minute, and I would love to have you talk about how all of this research, all this information has moved you in your faith journey. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. That's a whole show, <laughs> I'm right? Said, I'm, I was going to say, I'm glad you said that you got a short time left. Right. Here's the, here's, here's the, uh, the quick uh, thumbnail sketch. 
This first captured my attention way back in 1986. There was an article in the AMA Journal about a medical look at, a, basically a forensic look at Jesus' crucifixion. I was a fourth-year medical student getting ready to graduate, start my residency, a high-anxiety period of life with a wife and a, and a couple babies, and everything's then going to be in turmoil for a while. It really kind of focused me on kind of like it does now. Mm-hmm. Okay, put it in perspective. What, what, what are my problems versus what were his problems? Okay, to me, it, it, if I can reflect on this when things are just blowing up around me, it, it does ground me again and saying, you know what, it's not that bad. Um, the, the very common and incredibly true statement, you don't have Easter without Good Friday. You've got to have the darkness, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's a death in the family, whether it's financial upheaval, whatever it may be. Keep thinking about what's on the other side of that problem. If you can focus on that and have that kind of trust, that kind of perseverance, that kind of devotion to cause and to your faith, you're going to get yep. there. You will get through this. It, it, it seems impossible. This is an impossible yep. story. Uh, Tim, we, you know, we've got to go. I want to thank you for joining us uh, today, folks. If you want to contact Dr. Malay, uh, reach out to me. I can get you his contact information. Thanks to Jimmy, our producer. I'm Jean Wells, and today we pray Our Lady of Sorrows. Pray for us. Next week, Bishop Johnson is joining me, and we're going to talk about the institution of the Eucharist. What a blessing that will be for all of us as we look forward to Holy Thursday. Iowa Catholic Radio and Straight Talk are on air because of your prayers and your generosity. Please consider a tax-deductible gift at iowacatholicradio.com. We're on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and rebroadcast at 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Stay tuned for Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. God bless. Straight Talk, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio with Gene Wells. Brought to you by Blackbird Investments.